May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. My teacher, let me see again. It seems like the obvious answer to Jesus' question. Because what else would a blind man ask for? No one wants to be blind. Bartimaeus surely didn't. And so that's probably not the question Jesus was getting at. I think what Jesus was getting at with this question was deeper. Instead of, do you just want to regain your sight? I think Jesus was saying, Bartimaeus, do you really want to see? I think there's a difference there. There's a difference between just having vision and being able to glance at things and truly, deeply seeing. Do we really want to see the reality of our own lives, our own brokenness, our own pain, our own sorrow? Do we really want to see the needs? Do we really want to see the gifts of those different than us, of our neighbors, of people with whom we have little in common? Do we really want to see the needs of those? Do we really want to see the gifts of those that drive us crazy? Do we really want to see the injustices of the world? Do we really want to see the injustices happening in our own towns, in our own state, in our own country? Do we really want to see what's going on around us? Do we really want to see who Jesus is, who Jesus Christ actually is, rather than who we wish him to be? I think those are the deeper questions. Do you really want to see I think that's what Jesus was asking Bartimaeus. I think that's what Jesus is asking us. Because seeing is more than simply observing. Seeing implies a relationship. Seeing implies a deeper knowledge, an understanding of the other person. But this seeing isn't without risk, because once we open our eyes and see who we really are, see who those around us really are, see who Jesus really is, it may not be what we thought it would be. It may not be what we were hoping for. And sometimes that risk is too much, and so we close our eyes. We even use that language with each other. We turn a blind eye to whatever it is. We turn a blind eye because we don't want to see it. This has happened in Mark these last several weeks that we've read. Peter declared Jesus to be the Christ. Peter thought he saw. Then Jesus goes off and talks about how the Son of Man must suffer, how those who come after him must suffer. And Peter turns a blind eye and says, Get behind me, Satan. He rebukes Jesus because Peter didn't want to see the truth Peter couldn't see the truth of what was supposed to happen. Not just Peter, we have all the disciples. They walk with Jesus day in, day out. They see how Jesus lives. They see how Jesus acts, how he heals, how he serves. 
but then they argue with each other over who's going to be the greatest. We like to throw it on those two with the mom that goes to Jesus and says, you know, the gospel from last week, the overbearing mother who wants to, like my mom, put her kids in a good spot. But it says all the disciples. The other gospels talk about all the disciples arguing with each other. So they can't just blame those two. They all argued about who would be the greatest. Because they were too blind to see what Jesus had been teaching and doing and living. They were too blind to see that whoever wants to be first must be last and servant of all. Then we have the rich man who wanted to do what he, he asked Jesus, what can I do to inherit eternal life? He wanted to see eternity. And he saw Jesus as the guy that had that information. But then he walked away. The gospel said he walked away sad because Jesus said it was going to cost him something. The blind man must give something up, but he was too blind to see that following Jesus comes with a cost. So Peter, the disciples, the rich man, they all saw what they wanted to see. And when Jesus opened their eyes, they turned a blind eye and couldn't see it. I think this happens with us as well. And this blindness happens in many ways. Most of the time, it's not purposeful. I mean, there are people that stick their heads in the sand and ignore what's going on. But most of the time, in my experience, this blindness is caused by something. Maybe it's the darkness of grief or sorrow or loss. Maybe it's the darkness of doubt or despair. Maybe it's the darkness of failure, disappointment, shattered dreams. Other times, it's the darkness of fear, resentment, and anger. So I don't know what caused Bartimaeus' blindness, but something did. And I don't know what causes all of us at some point or another to be blind. But I think we'd all agree. I won't speak for y'all. I know I am sometimes blind what's around me. But I don't think it matters in our gospel today what caused Bartimaeus' blindness. Because his action that matters for us is that he heard Jesus coming. He couldn't see anything, but he heard Jesus coming. And he knew he was blind. Bartimaeus knew he was blind. He knew there was something that Jesus could do. So he held this blindness before Christ, believing that there was more to who he could be, believing that there was more that Jesus could do for him. And it was out of that believing, out of that hoping, maybe out of that desperation, that Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That's the cry of someone who's abandoning themselves. That's the cry of someone who realizes there's nowhere else to turn. That's the cry of someone who can't see any help coming, but hears the voice of Jesus and cries out. That's the cry that stopped Jesus in his tracks. That's the interesting thing, to me at least, is at first Jesus doesn't see Bartimaeus either. Right? Jesus was going on his way. We get to the next chapter. Jesus is in Jerusalem, and he's off to the races. 
right? And we get to the passion story and all that. Jesus is on a mission. And he doesn't see Bartimaeus either at first. The first time Bartimaeus yells out, Jesus doesn't really even hear him. Everyone else does. There's commotion going around. The disciples, they like to be crowd control. They start shushing people. But Bartimaeus doesn't give up. He yells out again, Son of David, have mercy on me. And it wasn't until that cry that Jesus stopped. And right now, we may be in situations where we feel like Jesus doesn't see us either. And all we can do is cry out. Sometimes maybe it feels like Jesus doesn't even hear that cry. For the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, they might feel like God isn't hearing their cry. For the community around there, for the people in Kentucky, where another man tried to go to a church, but the doors were locked. So he went to Kroger and shot a couple people. They might not feel like God hears them. I know that was the case for me two decades ago when a couple of my friends were killed in a church shooting. Sometimes it feels like God doesn't hear us. But we must, like Bartimaeus, cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus didn't see him at first, but Bartimaeus didn't give up. When we feel like Jesus doesn't hear us, when we feel like Jesus isn't answering our prayer the way that we want it, there we go with our blindness, what we want, we have to cry out again, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So call him here, Jesus said, a simple enough request. The disciples go to Bartimaeus and tell him, take heart, take heart. Your life is about to change. Because it's in that moment where Bartimaeus' desperation is brought face to face with Christ's hope. When Bartimaeus' blindness is brought face to face with the light of the world. Where Bartimaeus' sorrow comes face to face with the joy of the world. And so Bartimaeus stands before Jesus. And Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And I don't think that's just a question for Bartimaeus. I think that's a question for anyone who's ever sat by the roadside of life, anyone who's ever felt like darkness was all around them, anyone who has ever begged for anything. It's a question for you and me and all of us. It's a question Jesus asks us over and over again, and there is no perfect answer. There's no answer that will always be the right answer, because the way I may answer it today might not be the way I answer it tomorrow or the next day. Because to Jesus' question of what can I do for you, there's only our answer for this time and this place. But this question, all the time, offers a turning point. It offers us a moment for a new beginning. It asks us to look deeply within ourselves. It asks us to look seriously at the world around us and to open our eyes 
So what do you want Jesus to do for you? I don't mean that in like a televangelist sort of way. Not in a way that that Jesus is just going to grant every wish and make your life better. Because the disciples all got killed, most of them anyway. So when we ask, or when we answer that question, we know that it's going to be difficult to follow in whatever Jesus opens up for us. But what is that one thing? What is that one thing that Jesus can do for us that will allow us to throw off the cloak of darkness? What is that one thing that we need today that will allow us to open our eyes and to put away the darkness of scarcity or fear? What is the one thing we need today that will allow us to lift the veil of darkness, of anger, and hostility? What is the one thing we need today that will allow us to open our eyes and truly see our neighbor? Our neighbor that doesn't look like us. Our neighbor that doesn't vote like us. Our neighbor that doesn't do anything like us. What is that one thing we need? You're right. It's Jesus. We talked about it today. This isn't in my notes, and so I'm going extemporaneous. You see, is there a picture here? There's Jesus on the cross over there, and it doesn't have the two criminals on either side. But David was sharing with me a revelation he had today. I believe it was a revelation. You look at that picture of the cross, and if we read the gospel story, it said Jesus had a criminal on his left and a criminal on his right. Now, those aren't political terms in Jesus' day, the left and the right, but we use those... There were people on both sides of arguments. There were people on both sides. And what was right there in the middle? Jesus. So we're going to have our thoughts on whatever, and if I polled this group, we'd all have different thoughts about everything, right? And that's okay. We're going to have differences. We as Christians can be faithful to Jesus and disagree. Right? We don't have to be uniform but we have to be united. But it's when we're blind. It's when we close our eyes. It's when we fail to look at each other as created by God. We sang in our hymn today, what was it? This first hymn, 592. I was struck by this verse. Teach me, my God and King, in all things thee to see. In all things the people we like, the people we don't like, my kids when they're driving me crazy, the guy who cuts me off in the highway. Jesus is calling us to see all things, to open our eyes and see all things as Christ, as made in the image and likeness of God. And so we can disagree. We can vote. We can go to different restaurants. You could cheer for Clemson. You could cheer for Carolina. You can't cheer for Baylor. I'm from Texas. You can't cheer for Baylor. We can have differences, but we have to open our eyes and see one another. We have to open our eyes and see Christ in one another. We have to open our eyes and see all of creation, every person, every place, everything as created by 
as loved by God. Amen.